Welcome back, everybody, to Girls Who F1. We're really excited to be here today. It's been a little bit. You have Hunter, you've got Raven and Kendall, our nice little trio. Um, how are we feeling today, guys? We're doing good. Welcome back, everyone. Wow. wow. I'm excited to be back. I feel like I have to get the jitters. It's been a while. I'm out of practice. It's been a while. We haven't we haven't really um, been active or, or posted anything since November, but I feel like we needed the break for a little rebranding, uh, revamp, getting ready holiday. for yeah, getting ready for the 2023 season. We just, you know, I needed some time off. It was a wild season last year. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was. We were up and down. We were up and down. I I don't think I've drank. I don't think I've drank that much on Sundays. Oh, um, since like college, can't wait to get back to our favorite bar. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to Payless. So by the end of it, we were we were uh, teetering off, but I'm really excited to be back. I can't wait for the next season. It's only been ninety, like it's only ninety days in between when the season ends. And, like know, the next it feels one starts. So much longer. It yeah. feels way when I think longer about than it. That. My heart starts like great. I'm like <laughs> I get really excited. Well, we're almost in February, so we're almost in testing. We're almost in car launches. We're we're about to get to where we want to be, and then this, the first race is going to be upon us soon. So today, what we're really going to be talking about, kind of getting our feet wet and back into Formula One and like who we are, uh, we wanted to talk about a reintroduction of us, why we F1, how we got into it. It seems like you know Formula One is like becoming more mainstream in the in the U.S. and it's really growing. So we thought it could be fun for each of us to tell our stories about how we developed our obsession and then, you know, decided to do a podcast because uh, I don't think there are that many people out there who go this far. Um, and then we'll do some 2023 predictions. We'll talk about driver lineups and then drive to survive and all the content that we're expecting to release before the season starts. Okay, Kendall, why don't you kick us off? Um, how did you get started in F1? Yeah, my brother and I love cars. So historically we used to watch like youtube videos top gear rest in peace but um he told me that i would love drive to survive i have no idea what top gear top gear i have no idea what that is well or one of the main hosts punched a producer in the face so they canceled the show but it was a long-running car show in the uk well there's a u.s version too but it's not it's not as fun is it like is it race cars or is it like show nope. cars, like in a garage it's just like fixing cars? All different cars. They like review them. Supercars, nice cars, normal hmm. cars. It's just like a really entertaining show. But my brother was like, well, since you love cars so much, why don't you like get into motorsport? There's a show called Drive to Survive. And to pitch it, he said it was like reality TV like. And so I was really skeptical he hates reality TV, so I didn't know how he would like something like that. So I was joking. Is it like the Real Housewives of Formula One? Like, what is it? I tell you, <laughs> I watched like six episodes in the first sitting, and I like lost my mind. I fell really deep. So <laughs> now we're here. I like spent weeks just researching everything I could about Formula One once I was done with, I think it was season three at the time, and I started watching my races and. So you then, started you know, watching. We all got introduced later. Yeah. So you started watching. Like, was it? Or I do my timing around like, se- like seasons of Drive to Survive. Was it around season two or was it around season three? I, or like what year? It. 
2021. Okay. I want to say. I don't know. It's all a blur now, but right. about you guys. What about you, Raven? I, okay. So the I'm really, I don't even think, I don't think I know this story. I oh. don't think I know how you got into F1. <laughs> I just know that we were introduced via, yeah. via group chat and yeah. here we are. My dad loves cars. He's a car person. And I remember a couple of years back, he wa- he watches all motorsport. Like he watches NASCAR, he watches F1, he watches all of them. In the, he was like, Raven, you need to watch this F1 race with me because like, do you know who Lewis Hamilton is? And I was like, no, never heard this in my life. And he was like, you have to know who this person is. He's really important to like pop culture today. I'm like, why? And he's like, he's the only black F1 driver. And I'm like, Okay. I don't know what F1 is. So <laughs> I sit down on the couch. It's like a Sunday morning. It's like 8 a.m., like drinking coffee. And I'm watching F1. I have 6,000 questions. I'm like, what What about this? What about this? What about this? And my dad's explaining to me how technical the sport is. And the whole time growing up, my dad would like, you know, the dad stands, like stands on the TV with his like arms crossed and you just like watch yes. that car. Yeah. And I'm like, won't sit down. Watching- won't sit down, God forbid. <laughs> I'm like, this man is watching these cars drive around in circles. Yeah, I would come in like, oh, there's a crash, and that's when I would be like, oh, what happened? And I would pop in, and I'd pop out because NASCAR is like longer, way longer than F1. So I'm sitting down and watching it. He's going through it, and he's basically just explaining to me the fact that they can talk to each other and that the pit wall and how technical it is. And he's talking to me about the rules of the sport and I'm like kind of piqued my interest and I'm curious about it I google Lewis and I'm like mm, okay he's Ooh, a little so, wait, <laughs> okay <laughs> all right maybe we should get into f1 <laughs> I'm like the only black driver and he's adorable he's easy on the eyes he's easy on the eyes yeah. and then comes drive to survive yeah and <sighs> it was did you, like, just, like, did you just see it on Netflix and like decide to watch it? Someone told me about it. Okay. I think my, maybe Jordan um, told me about it okay. through like another friend. And like you, Kendall, I was hooked. Like two episodes in, I'm binging it. I, I'm like, why have I not known about this? This is the coolest sport ever. And I think we get a lot of hate, the Drive to Survive era yeah. of, F- of F1 <laughs> watchers. Um, Cause they're like, oh, were you watching in 2012? No, I wasn't watching in 2012. I didn't know what it was. But I think that like the three of us at least have taken the time to really learn F1 and really understand what we're doing versus just watching, waiting for the reality show to come out, which I think is fantastic, by the way, because I love reality TV, period. Um, But no, Drive to Survive really sealed the deal for me. Did you – same question. Was it like uh, what season, what year? Do you remember? Um, If not, I think – so I definitely was member – I remember watching – my first F1 race in 2020 because that's when I was like at my parents' house for the pandemic. Right. <laughs> um, so that's when I remember watching it. And I remember, was that the year that Lewis had to break that record of winning 100 races? Is that 2021? I don't know. I remember my dad telling me he's about to break this record and this is really, this is really historic. And so I think I started watching it in 2020 and obviously I've watched and rewatched every season. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I guess I technically you have to put me in the drive to survive camp of like really catapulting me, but my first exposure was through my dad. That's nice. Yeah. All right, Hunter. All right, are you ready? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's basic. So I love documentaries. Like me and my brothers always watch documentaries. 
And I remember when season one came out, because I love sports documentaries. They're my favorite. Same. Like, any, any, anything I can find, we're watching. I love 30 for 30s, uh, HBO, Netflix, like the whole thing. And I remember that one came out and I was like, okay, it seems interesting. Like, I don't really care about Na- – I thought it was like NASCAR. I was like, I don't want to watch people drive around in circles. Like, yeah. no, thank you. Um, so I turned it on because I always give them a chance and I turned it off in the first episode because I was just like, I don't get really? it. I didn't understand it. Yeah. Like, well, it's a lot. In the first season, <laughs> not all of the – like, I don't believe Red Bull or Mercedes participated. So, like, if I would have seen Lewis – being <laughs> realistic, if I would have seen Lewis in the show – I would have kept watching because I've been what, like, I but it starts face. off with Daniel Ricardo, and that didn't catch your attention. Danny Rick, no, he has <laughs> Danny Rick for the first two seasons. He was the main character. He was the yeah. star. Like, he, of he was the star. Yeah, and like I repeat, to Danny Rick now because he's not he's alive. Not everyone. But. He's a supporting actress actor, but I'm surprised about that because his personality is. I like, think it, it. I think it goes with the later seasons. Or watching it with people or like you watching it with your dad and understanding it, like having someone take the time to like explain it to you. So when I first watched it, I was like, I don't really get it. I don't understand it. The the strategy didn't speak out to me. I just felt like they were following these drivers that I was just like, nah, no, thank you. And then it was like post pandemic and I was staying with my brother. And again, we connect on documentaries and he was like, hey, you have to watch Drive to Survive. And I was like, is this that race car shit? Like, no, thank you. I don't want to. And he's like, no, like the, the, the like the new season just came out and they're going to start racing next weekend. Like you have like, just, just watch one. We watched them until 4am. We finished the whole season in one night. We kept oh my pausing God. them. Yeah. We watched the whole season, like all of season three. Cause he was like, you don't need to know season one or two in order to watch a season. Cause it just follows. Yeah. You can just watch. He's, so we just true. watched season three. And he was explaining it to me and pausing and he's like, this is what they're doing here. And he was explaining the tires and the strategy. And he was just like, there's so many different factors, like the rain. He's like, they're all looking for points. Every track is different. Like, And I was like, wow, this is a little bit more complicated. And then also you get, because it's that reality TV show, like feel to it and they're athletes, you become connected to them, you know, the backstory. So it makes you want to watch the sport now. So having my brother- like help me understand what was going on. The drama, the drama in Drive to Survive is really good. Like Netflix really knows how to put on a show. And then you have like the drivers themselves, like their personalities and, and following them. And then like F1's glamorous. Like they're going around the world in an eight month span. Um, so after that, that was when I started watching um, 2020. I was watching on and off because I, I wasn't living near my brother. So and then 2021 was when I was introduced to, or was it 2020? Yeah, 2021. Sorry, um, I watched every weekend, but it wasn't. I wasn't like super into it, and I wouldn't like talk about it with anyone. And then I met you, ladies, in 2022, and that's when it became an obsession. And I think that's what's really important about the sport and why I think not just F1, but every sport. When you have like a, a group of people, or you, it's it's something that you can talk about with people or watch with people, and like really follow the sport. Um, it makes it that much more interesting. And that's why I got hooked. I think the cool thing about F1, and Hunter, you pointed this out, and Kenny, is like there's something for everyone. Yeah. So like Kenny loves cars. Hunter loves the strategy. Like, And we can talk about what about the sport makes us all obsessed with it, but I think that it's probably going to be all different. Like for me, Drives to Survive humanized the people. 
And the thing is, F1 is like, I'm like, unlike a basketball or football, it's one person who's the show. And then there's like thousands of people behind the scenes. And I think that um, most sports don't have one. It's the most technical sport I've ever. Yeah. I'm aware of like no other sport is as technical where it's you literally need to have like an aerodynamic. Like, I don't even know what degree you need to have to be able to understand really what these cars can do. And then the strategy part is just the most interesting because that's more interpretation that's using a lot of data but it's people making decisions at the right time so that part i think is really cool definitely going back to like the people every other sport soccer football basketball they have hundreds of players hundreds yeah yeah. and so many teams so many like there's so much going on drive to survive or not drive to survive sorry formula one is 20 drivers, 10 teams, and then you have all of the people who are helping support in in the back. But the focal points are these 20 people. Right. So it's really easy to you got 10 teams. Let's like you you pick a team. That's, that's and you can follow the teams, you can follow the drivers. It's not super overwhelming. They're not I mean they change out every year, but it's not like in football someone's injured, oh their contract ended, they're in the middle of being tra- like it's not as Tech, like it's not as complicated. Less I think. fluid, yeah. It's the it's it's more consistent. I think that there's an exoticness about F1 because it's not American, yes. which I think is very appealing to me. Obviously, we grew up, you know, in the East Coast. Like we watch football games. Hunter and I went to a hockey game. Don't know why. Like <laughs> we have like the main sports that are American: football, basketball, hockey. We've done all of that, but the newness of it was fun too because football is just like a certain kind of vibe. Like I'm not dissing football. I think it's great. Um, But it's just the culture of football is very, very different to F1. F1, there's like a global community around it, which is sick to me. Like most races aren't in America. Actually, it's much more, I don't know, worldwide. Yeah. Not to quote Pitbull, but it's kind of like F1 is the Mr. Worldwide of sports. (laughs) And I think that part is really cool. I agree. I, agree. I was just going to say, um, I'm a former gymnast. So the idea of like, you are responsible for <laughs> your success, even though there's like a team behind you that kind of like, you have to perform. I really identified with it. And then the idea of like, there's a team behind you, however, you know, making sure that you win or do well. I really identify with that. So I think that's why I was initially like, oh, this that's is more... Point than just cars. Obviously, I love that part, but there's so much more to it. It's like a beautiful dance between all these different groups of people coming together and forcing people to (laughs) drive around different tracks and entertain us. So yeah. It is a beautiful dance. I agree with that. And I don't even know what my life was before F1 because my obsession is so sick. Like I think about it too often. (laughs) I'm constantly reading like what's happening off the track, there's so much happening off the track because F1's a two-hour race 23 times a year. But then, boy, there is some drama. Yeah. Okay. And it's there's so many players. There's so many aspects of it. It's just so interesting. So I'm so happy. Like I feel so grateful that I found something that I love because I actually love all sports. Like similarly to – well, I love sport documentary, but I actually love sports. I can go to a football game and I can get into any sport. I've always been like that, but to actually care about a sport like this, super fun. 
Formula One changed our lives for the better. I, absolutely. Yeah. So okay. we just did a backtrack <laughs> on why we, how we got here, guys. Yep. Kendall, what should we talk about next? So are we ready for the 2023 season? Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited I, because I want to stop waiting. I just want it to be here. I want. I'm, I'm ready now. Like, let, let's. I know. Let's go. Only a couple more weeks, then we'll be back March 5th um, at Bahrain. But we have some good things to look forward to this year. We have Las Vegas, um, new race happening in the U.S. Uh, I believe it's a street circuit. Will you know go down the strip? Very exciting. There's a lot of expensive packages you can buy for millions of dollars. (laughs) Yeah, that race is going to be – it's going to be a show. It's going to – like everything we do in America, it's going to be big. It's going to be (laughs) – Expensive. Expensive. It's going to (laughs) be like flashy, and it's not going to be a good competitive race. Yeah. It's going to give like Monaco vibes for America. Yeah. I'm hoping – Who's who will be there? Right. I'm we hoping won't, we won't uh, be there. We won't. I'm hoping <laughs> though, out of all of the American, like the races in America, might we still have Miami, which was the first the first time we'd raced there was last year, um, Austin, and then now Vegas. I'm really hoping that whoever the event planners are, the teams that are like working on getting this set up in Vegas, are taking not just the show and like putting a show on like I really want the track to be good like I want them to be able to drive because I know in Miami they were having issues because it was around the Hard Rock Stadium there were some issues Mm -hmm. with like the road and the gravel so I'm hoping that for Vegas you know they not just everything is it's Vegas it's showtime whatever but like let's still have a good race also it would be really cool if since Vegas is a night race um if when they did the promo videos, they had the underlight, like the undercarriage lights like what, on the like cars. What they did for the teaser. Oh yeah. yeah, that would it would be. I don't know if it's logistically possible or against the rules, <laughs> but it would be really cool if even oh, if the for the whole even, race. No, just the formation lap. Like if you just oh. did it during the formation <laughs> lap, like you had like the lights on the car, or it was like during practice, or like some form of cool. it when right. they're going around the track. It would be really cool to see the lights on the undercarriage. I feel like if you make that car a. Se- a- ounce heavier if they're gonna lose it like the team friends yeah. like no um i hunter point. i don't want to like i just level your expectations on the on the <laughs> vegas Tracking. track i think we've already heard some thoughts around it that they don't anticipate it to be very strong in terms of com- competition but yeah it's gonna be really no it's fun. just gonna be a show like and that's yeah. i think that's also going to formula one strategy to really i don't want to use the word penetrate the but like penetrate the U.S. market. Yeah. Like if there's anywhere you can have an amazing, incredible race from a visual perspective, it's Vegas. Um, what about New York? I that's it hard. Would be down the FDR guys, <laughs> <laughs> West Side Highway. <laughs> like, what is that? Honestly, that sounds like a disaster. It sounds like a real okay. disaster. Uh, that sounds like horrible. We can barely, we can barely do like parades. I know. No, we can barely on- do the the VMAs when they shut down. <laughs> part of oh they can't handle it New York. being from someone who lives who's from jersey and the fact that like the met stadium everything like jets when the nets used to be like everyone was in jersey because there's literally no space or capacity for new york to host any major events it just it can't happen but it could be sick that could be a sick backdrop 
it, it would be incredible, which is why I'm pretty sure Red Bull did a lot of promo videos when they were coming back to New, like coming back to the U.S. Well, they were yeah. doing like a couple of drives. I think it was either oh, I don't know which bridge it was, Brooklyn or uh, Williamsburg. They were driving oh, over a bridge, which was really sick. cool. But that's super unrealistic, and I wouldn't <laughs> want the boys like driving in a race over a bridge. Like, what if something happened? They crashed into the well, wall and then went into the to water. To your point. Um, this reminds me of the Formula E race that happened in Red Hook, Brooklyn. I didn't get to go. I don't think anyone got to go, but I don't know if F1 could ever, you know, replicate something like that. I'm sure that I haven't seen a Formula E race, but I don't think they're the same sort of setup. Yeah, it'd but be a logistical nightmare, could but be we cool. can dream. We can dream. So we're excited for Vegas this year. Concur. Yeah, November 18th. Um Another race that's coming back on the calendar that was skipped last year is Qatar. Um, I believe it was skipped for the World Cup. So this is exciting. We get to go back to Qatar. And then we also have some new pairings that we'll go over in a little bit. Just new fresh meat on the track, new drivers, and new setups. So we'll see how that fares this season. And then we also have some new bosses, team bosses. So some teams are really getting shaken up. And we'll have to see how, you know, how testing and the, yeah, and the chemistry goes. Um, so I think some, some teams are toss-ups right now. We don't know how they'll fare, but y'all want to, let's go through some of those new pairings, shall we? So six teams have either new pairings or a new driver added to the mix. So let's go down. Mm-hmm. So Alpine has not a new driver, but a new pair, um, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. I'm I'm going to put it out there. This is going to be one of the most dramatic. It's going to be a dramatic season for them because these two hotheads <laughs> together, the youngins, they are on the exact same level. They've grown up in formula in the formula two, three, one era together. They've had beef for years. I just think this is going to be like, I don't know who's going to be the alpha. I mean, obviously. Who do you think is going to be the alpha? Probably Pierre is going to be mo- more hot-headed. He's going to try to assert himself as the yeah, but as but there's no there's no there's no lead driver here. No, they're too equal. Yeah, I think they're going to get into some squabbles. How bad are we talking? Like Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel of last year, <laughs> or like Alonzo and Ocon of last year? Because Alonzo and Ocon <laughs> yeah. last year. That's- oh yeah, that was pretty buttonheads. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be fun and fresh, but I'm very curious to see how this plays out. I think that Pierre has a uh, a hot temper, but Esteban can be a little sneaky shady. Hmm. So I think that's probably how it's going to play out is like Pierre does what he wants to and then Esteban does some stuff. And retaliation. In, in, yeah, and retaliation. Uh, we'll see. I agree. Okay, McLaren. We got Lando. Got Lando holding down the fort for the next yeah. what's his contract like five years. Holding <laughs> down the fort. Um and Oscar Piastri. So Lando's been with McLaren for so long. He's so, in my opinion, dialed into this team and this car. And he's able to maximize it in a way that we saw that Daniel Ricardo couldn't. I do think it's gonna be another tough year for McLaren. I think that they're still, you know, they have a lot of investment. They've had a lot of investment issues, a lot of funding issues. They're still working on that. And I think that Lando, I think his potential is just so great. So it's, for me, I hate seeing him in this struggle bus situation, but um, hopefully he's playing the long game. And as they 
continue to develop their car, they'll be ready to really compete for a championship. Um, I think Oscar is going to – I actually don't know how he's going to do because this McLaren car is so – particular yeah but i have a lot of faith in him i think they're going to do well together i think they're still like lando is the number one driver here it's very clear but another team with really two young drivers yeah all right aston martin we got lance stroll and fernando alonso fernando alonso coming from alpine it was a big move and paved the way for oscar piastri to go to mclaren so we'll have to see if this move was worth it and hopefully he can get some more years out of his uh, f1 career but this will be interesting wait how did how does um fernando moving to aston open up for oscar so fernando being on aston martin was a big deal because he left alpine and alpine then announced that oscar piastri would then have a seat oscar piastri said no that's i never agreed to that (laughs) thank you and There was a contract dispute. Alpine allowed Oscar Piastri to leave his contract early, then go to McLaren, um, which then led to Daniel Ricciardo not having a seat. So this transition for Fernando Alonso is a big deal. And I hope I hope it benefits his career, honestly, because it was it was a very spicy few weeks when this was being talked about last season. You know, spice seems to follow Fernando Alonso. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's an interesting move because he left. He, he went to a team that's further back in the championship. So we'll see what he can do with that. I guess I think the most people are saying, because I said the same thing, like why wouldn't he just stay at Alpine? Alpine performed so well last year. They're saying that because Aston Martin's doing so much research and development and developing the car kind of like along the lines of McLaren, that it's a long-term seat, not just a two to three year seat. Because I think his contract at Alpine was only one to two years. Yeah. So I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see all of them. But next up, we have Haas. Um, Mick Schumacher lost his seat at Haas last year. Um, he was super costly for the team. Too many bad accidents, too many unnecessary accidents. And he was replaced with Nico Hulkenberg, who took a little F1 hiatus for a couple of years and is, is coming back. I think that Nico was going to be interesting for Kevin Magnuson. Kevin Magnuson performed really well. But also, I think had some unnecessary mistakes last year um i think he's gonna just continue to push kevin i think kevin's just gonna rise to be a star this year um but nico's a lot to prove because he's coming back into f1 and um has has a ton to prove because they had a terrible (laughs) last year they finally got their first poll ever with kevin in brazil which was amazing but i do think you're right they do have something to prove they've always been a little bit of the back of the pack as you would say but now that <laughs> there's the the racing caps in place i think Haas has some opportunity and i i hope nico can win a race this year i don't know if it's statistically likely um but he hasn't won a race in his uh career yet so i'd like to see that for him and next alfatari we got yuki sonoda and nick devries so oh, Nikki. Nikki with a Y, everyone, just in case you want to look him up. I love that PS. <laughs> but we're very excited for Nick. What else? Yeah, about he, him? he he deb- debuted last season um, in Formula One for Williams. Williams, right? Thank Got you, some Hunter. points. Burning points. It was so exciting to see him. So again, another really young driver pair. Same thing with Williams. Another young driver pair. Um, 
I think it's just F1's getting younger and younger, which I think is going to really be in- interesting to see how the, the dynamic plays out among the group. Because um, William also, has Alex Alban and Logan, who is our new little American boy. Sorry, Kenny. I was just going to say, Nick DeVries comes from Formula E. So this is really exciting that he got a seat. He's 27. And I think in some circles, you know, someone might be like, yeah, he's a little older. Took him a long time to get an F1 seat. But I'm excited for him. Hopefully he gets to shake up AlphaTauri. And I hope Yuki and him are a good pairing. I think that'll be really exciting to watch. I think out of all of the pairings, or not out of all of the but just out of these changes that we've just discussed, I'm really excited to see Nick drive this year. Me too. Um, I've, I've never really – AlphaTauri is kind of a team that you you glance at, but they weren't – like they're not the forefront. They're not like the top three teams that haven't had any, any changes for this year. But um, I think he drove so well last year uh, when um, Alex Albon was out for his appendicitis. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Same. I don't know enough about um, Oscar Piastri or Logan Sargent in terms of how they how they're going to drive the the cars, but we'll see once testing comes up who's going to be able to handle their cars well. Yeah. So lots of shakeups in the people, and then on the team principals, there's a couple teams who have new team principals coming in: McLaren, Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, and Williams. Um, that'll play a big role, especially. If- I think Ferrari was like the biggest um, – well, Williams actually has a lot of instability the last, I think, four years, right? They've had a lot of team principals. So I think that one is is really – this, you know, James Vowles coming in is really important to figure out to right-size that team and, and get it on the right direction. The the biggest exit, I think, interesting exit is Mattia Bonanno from, from Ferrari. Yeah. And what that's going to mean for them – because they kind of shit the bed last year. So yeah. it wasn't surprising to see his exit, but... They did, but if the if the Ferrari car performs in the same or similar way that it was last year, hopefully Frederick, who, who was at Alfa Romeo, him coming in will fix the strategy asp- aspect that Ferrari struggled so bad with last year. Yeah, because it wasn't the car that they were struggling with. I mean, a couple of times caught on fire, all that jazz. But for the most part, it was really like just strategy, just blunders on on strategy, yeah. tires, pitting, yeah, the whole nine. So let's see what these guys can do. I'm excited. I'm glad that we got to set the stage. Everyone know who's who we're working with. Check out our Instagram. We'll post the the 2023 driver lineup. Yes, we will. Right yep, she is. <laughs> I just got. We'll, we'll post the 2023 driver lineup and we'll post the 2023 principles list so everyone can see what's happening. Great. Thank you so much for the homework. Anytime, Hunter. Okay. So, <laughs> speaking of 2023, Hunter, let's chat about Money Line. Money, 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 money. Ooh, ooh. I okay. Yeah. You know, I got to throw it in there. Give <laughs> us a couple. A couple predictions. Just you know, I think after testing, we'll all have some more concrete ideas as to like who exactly. and where things are. But give exactly. us based on what's happened in the off season, on last season, what are your predictions? Twenty twenty three. What is Moneyline saying? Walk us through. You got it. So, like Raven mentioned, um, we won't really know how the cars are going to perform until testing. 
Uh, all of the cars are in development right now, or they've been in development. I wouldn't think that they'd wait till after the season ended to just start developing a brand no, new car. They start as soon as season starts. So yeah. um, we'll see what the results of all of that, all of that work over the past year. We'll see that in February. But you can place bets now um, if you want to make a prediction about the season. I was looking at my my account earlier today and. Um, you can already see that Max for Max Verstappen is favored for 2023. Red Bull is favored as the Constructors' Cup. Um, Lewis is pretty tight behind Max Verstappen for the championship. Without Red Bull, Mercedes, or Ferrari, I thought this was this one was interesting. Uh, Lando Norris would be the favored driver. So <laughs> if all six of those drivers had to DNF every single race, Lando, you've got this. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's a money line. We believe in your you? predictions. Um, what well, do I, you think? Oh, I've already bet. I bet in October. Okay. <laughs> Throw out some predictions that you feel okay. for this year. Um, I think Lewis has got it. I think – You think Mercedes has figured their shit I out. I think – I think <laughs> everything that Lewis went through last year was the foundation for a 2023 championship. Um, I am – he, I'm sure he is doing manifesting and all the work on his side, but um, yeah, I think Lewis is going to win. Do you think the car? Yes, Lewis can manifest all he goddamn wants. Yes, his car is shit like it was last year. <laughs> manifesting from P5. Well, I think Mercedes. I mean, I'm sure there are right. a bunch of different like analyses and and articles and podcasts that you can listen to on like Mercedes, like everything that happened with. The Mercedes car, but right. them getting used to like the newer and bigger tires, they weren't up to par the way Red Bull and Ferrari were. They weren't prepared the same way. Now that they have all of this, basically the 2022 season behind them, they have the same data by the end of the season. I mean, Mercedes did win a race last year. They won Brazil. It was at the end of the season, but still, like I yeah, think they they, had, they had a lot of growth. They had a lot of growth. I think that that whole season and then the off season is going to give them ample opportunity and time. Like Mercedes is a powerhouse. Yes, I think that they can definitely fix the car and win. All right, I love that. I'm I'm curious to see how like Red Bull's on this high for two years, so it'll be curious to see how they maintain that status of dominating F1 the last two years. Also, I think Ferrari, this new team principal, I'm so curious to see if they're – What are your predictions? If they're going to be um, – I agree with you. I, I, I think that Mercedes is going to be back into the, the game, like actually. Um, I'm hoping out that Ferrari will be too because what I'm looking for is a really good top three competitive teams every week. So my – I think Red Bull will continue to, you know – Excel. I'm hoping Mercedes gets there, and I'm also hoping Ferrari's there, so that it's an interesting race. But I'm going to hold out until winter testing, and then I'm going to come back and let you know personally my predictions. Yeah. So this year, I'm really excited that uh, Raven and Kendall are going to bet with me. It's going to yes. be amazing. <laughs> joining the betting, we, we'll be doing it. Small increments, but it, yeah. it makes it exciting. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll be betting. But Hunter Sill, you're as queen better. Barely. Kendall, what do you think about what's going to happen uh, 2023 season? What are your predictions? I I agree. I think Ferrari is going to do better than last year. I I just hope that they do better. But I do think with the new team principal, maybe more data on the cars, maybe lessons learned from strategy and, you know, being more decisive. I hope Ferrari does better. I, I really do see them being stronger this year. 
And I agree. I want to see a fight for the championship constructors title. I don't want it to be one team dominating. So I'm hoping between Red Bull, Mercedes and Ferrari, we just get some exciting races. And maybe I'm just like nostalgic from like two years ago, but I'm hoping McLaren <laughs> yes! gets back to like just further up yeah. in in the running. Um, I think this past year was tough on them. I think seeing Daniel Ricciardo doing his best and just not performing the way he, I think he could. Um, and then seeing Lando kind of doing his best to hold the team down. I think this new driver pairing and hopefully, oh, new principal too, and just more data that they they do better this year as well. So hopefully, I'm I'm hoping they get like P4 for the constructors, but we'll see. I love that. I love it. I'm really excited. What's going to come up? What's coming up? What's coming down the pipe? Drive to Survive is being released this next month. February 24th. Um, we will definitely be posting some reactions, some recap episodes around that. Um, before that, we are going to be doing a little series on how to F1 because I think the beautiful thing about F1 and the community that we found is everyone's so open and wanting to learn more. And I think people who want to learn more about F1 don't know how to get into it. So we're going to do some episodes just breaking down the basics of F1. So when you're watching a race, you can understand what's happening. So hit us up on Instagram. If you have any specific requests, we'll drop a question box later this week. And our first official race recap episode will be the week of March 5th after Bahrain. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at girls who F1. Leave a comment, like, subscribe to our podcast and we'll see you next time. Bye everyone. Bye.